We want to thank you, Lord, because we are children of God. We want to thank you, Father, because you have given us the power of your love. We want to thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. If we proclaim that we are children of the Most High God, chains will be broken. Great things will happen in our lives. I am a child of God. Can you say this with me? I am a child of God. Now say it like you mean it. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Father, thank you. Father, thank you for that hope. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 What's up, church? Everybody good? Everybody is surviving yesterday? I ate a lot of onion rings. I, I, and I put cheese on my fries when I got home. I want to share a verse with you. First of all, I'm so excited. I always love coming to share the word in the sanctuary. I'm so excited about this opportunity. I, I told Skyland Latino not to scare off Pastor Miguel to, you know, con he's going to bring a good word also. And, and I'm excited about that. And I know that they're, they're excited to, to hear his, the word that God has placed in his heart. But I want to share this word with you. It's in the book of uh, 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to be reading verses 18 and 19. And the word of God reads it such. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out what? You can say it. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who is not made in per perfect in because love because we love because he first loved us there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you take control of this message. As you speak it to me, speak it to the rest of your children. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was excited about this day, about, the, uh, about this 
pulpit swap and, and being here and, and, and just preparing to share the, the word that God has put in my heart. While I was preparing this message, I have to confess that while I was trying to discern which direction God wanted me to address, it was, it was a struggle. I tell you that in various occasions, I would write some notes and I would say, this, is this where you want me to go, God? And I had to delete, read over, go back, delete, read over, go back. It got to a point where I said, you know, I'm just going to put this to the side. I'm going to go to sleep. And, uh, and as I was sleeping, sometimes, have it, has it ever happened that God gives you a word at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? That God gives you a word and sometimes you wake up and you're still like your brain is still moving in circles and you're wondering why am I up so early when I have to, when I have still like five or six hours of sleep. But in this instance and in this experience, God would wake me up at two or three o'clock in the morning for me to take some notes. And I would just, you know, I couldn't, I didn't want to wake Angie up. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I don't have my glasses on. So I'm trying to look for a pen and piece of paper and just before I forget. And, and it happened like that a couple of times. And, and then at the, at the same time, God was pressing in my spirit because I was actually focused on these two verses. But then as I was trying to connect. I remember that God placed in my spirit and said, read the whole chapter. Go through the whole chapter. And when I was reading the chapter, one of the things that I learned about this chapter was, first of all, it has a lot to offer. The chapter itself has a lot to offer. And, and, and I was asking God to help me to connect the dots I was reading because there was so much information, I wanted to write it all down. But then I felt in my spirit that God wanted me just to touch, a, touch one key in this message. So first I realized that First John, I, I saw it not like a letter, but more like a poetic sermon. A poetic sermon. All the key ideas came from Jesus' final speech in the Gospel of John. But this verse itself, as I was reading it again and again, two words stood out. Fear and love. Fear and love. So as I was seeking that direction and asking God, okay, so where do we go from here? Fear, we all know what that is, and love, we all experience love as well. So, God took me to a place to focus first on fear. The word fear itself. And when, as I was looking for the definition of fear, fear, what I read is an unpleasant emotion caused by belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. That's a lot. So if I break it down, it starts, the definition starts saying 
unpleasant emotions. Unpleasant emotions. And I think that everybody in this room has experienced some unpleasant emotions in our lives. Every time there's the broccoli in my plate of food, to me, that's an unpleasant emotion. Barbara's not here, right? Okay, I'm, I'm in the clear. So when we talk about unpleasant emotions, the word itself describes itself. Unpleasant emotions. So it's an unpleasant emotion, but it starts by beliefs. So when I go back and I see the word belief, I believe we can believe in something that is true, but we can also believe a lie that seems like the truth. Does that make sense? The twisted truth, which is a lie, and we tend to believe. Someone or something dangerous to cause pain and or threat. There's nothing more exciting to me than to feel threatened. There's nothing more exciting to me if I, if I am, you know, if I, if I get a threatening phone call or a threatening letter, it's not like I'm sipping pina coladas and saying, ah, what a great day. I just got threatened. Salud. None of that. So, so, you have, so you have someone or something dangerous to cause pain and or threat, things that can cause us to be afraid. Feelings that will rob you and me from our peace and our joy. We are in fear because of what we choose to believe. And one of the things that I can tell you today is that that is the target of the enemy of souls. The enemy will put ideas in your head that is far from the truth so you can believe it, so you can unfocus on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Why? Because what he spoke sounded so pretty and so beautiful which is far from the truth, we chose to believe it. Therefore, it wouldn't cause peace, it wouldn't cause joy, but it would cause fear. So, that being said, we are in fear because of what we choose to believe. But there is a word in Scripture that says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out unto the world. The Bible also says that God, listen to this, that God has not given you or given me spirit of fear. Hey, y'all with me? God has not given us spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
and of a sound mind. He gave us spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So let us talk about love. We talked about fear. And when I, when I think about the word fear, I remember as we were talking to the kids, all the things that used to scare me before I came to Christ. Well, before I came to Christ, one of the things that scared me the most was, am I, making, am I going to make it through the day? Because I was very exposed. Am I going to make it through the day? And it was a constant fear in my life. But I'll get to that in a minute. So the Bible talks about love. Love comes from God. And whoever loves, the Bible says, whoever loves was born of God and knows God. So as we proclaim to be followers of Jesus Christ, naturally, his love is in us. And naturally, that is how we will act in his love. So breaking it down, breaking down the verse I just shared, the Bible says there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. The Bible also says that perfect love drives out fear. And who fears is not made perfect in love. And we love because he loved us. So, life before Christ, life full of darkness, full of no direction at all, full of hopelessness, that's life before Christ. Life before Christ is a life of darkness, a life of the what is going to happen, a life of, am I going to make it through the day? See, when, before I came to Christ, I knew without a, without a shadow of a doubt that God existed and that God exists. Because ever since I was a kid, Jesus was introduced to me by my family. So I knew that God was real. I was never an atheist. I always knew God existed. But because... I lived in fear. To me, living in fear, what happened was it caused me to build my own wall of protection. My own wall of protection. And I thought that I was going to be invincible. That wall was my protection. But then when somebody would ask me, if you die right now, Will you go to heaven? Or they would say, if Jesus would come right now and say, Jose, why, you do, why do you think I, I, can, I need to bring you with me to my kingdom? What would your answer be? So, of course, I was like, uh, mm, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to say this nicely to try to convince the guy that was asking the question. What, what, what words did I have to say? Because I was always a talker. Believe it or not. Hard to believe, I'm telling you. So, so, so here I am, you know, just, just going at it and trying my best, you know, to use my two-pound brain to try, to try to come up with this answer that's logic and say, hey, um, because, um, you know, 
I did so many good things in life. Man, I did more bad things than good. I admit it. I did more bad things than good. But I wanted to kind of get rid of the question and try to, sound, try to kid myself to say, hey, you know, um, I think if I was, in, you know, if, and, and they saw me stuttering a lot, and they said, now remember, you're not answering me, you're answering God, the one who knows all things. So that kind of slapped me right down to reality. And I was like, man, what would be the question? What would be the answer to this question? So, it, you know, it, it started sinking in, and then I, my fear came even worse. Because I said, man, if I die right now, I'm in trouble. Man, if I go into the presence of God, I'm, in to I'm toast. Man, what's going to happen here when, when, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So if I die right now, I'm not going to go to heaven. Whoa. The place with great queso and, 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 and calorie-free pork. I was living in that fear. Then I realized living in fear isn't living at all. Living in fear isn't living at all. But then comes Jesus. Hey. Then comes Jesus. The King of kings and Lord of lords and says, Jose, let me share something with you. So when the question is asked again, here's the answer. Because when we talk about love, John 3.16 will just, it just gives you the whole picture. That God so loved the world, meaning us being part of this world, that he gave his only son, Jesus that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Then I love the verse, the following verse, 17, that he did not come to this world to condemn it, but that the world through him, through him, through Christ will be saved. So there goes love. Love the purest love starts in that cross. I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, if I was going to try to work my way to heaven and try to, try to win it, try to win it, I was never going to do it. I cannot complete those Ten Commandments. I cannot complete five. I cannot complete three. Probably not two. I'm always going to fail in something. And the Bible says that it only takes one sin to separate me from Jesus. One. Boy, I'm sure. I'm sure that there's a bigger packet in my life. So there's Jesus thinking about me thinking about you, laying on that cross, beat down, stripped down, I mean, tortured to the max, tortured, tortured to the max, gave his life. I mean, can you imagine 
what, what, did, what did it feel like to hang his whole weight in that cross after a beatdown? Can you just imagine? Can you just imagine what he went through because of me? He could have very well said, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. He had the power to stop right there and then. He had the power to do it. He had the power to say, that is enough. I'm not going to suffer for these people that don't even acknowledge or thank me. But he wasn't like, Jesus isn't like that. He's not. He completed that task because he loves me that much. He loves me that much. I remember one day somebody told me that if he had to come do it again for me, he would do it because his love is like that. So once I met Jesus and I experienced that love, my walls came down. My walls came down because True love cast away all my fears. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? In just a few moments, well, I'm going to ask the prayer team to start making their way down here because we're going we're gonna to open this up. And But before I, I, we go ahead and, and open the altar in prayer, I just want to share that I remember vividly, vividly what it was like to live in fear. What it was like to live in fear. I remember I believed the lies. I remember believing these lies and having fear take control of my life. And I remember that saying, living in fear isn't living at all. God doesn't want us to live in fear. God wants to turn your fears in joy, in peace. Living in fear is the absence of God. That's living in fear. But when Jesus takes over, when Jesus takes over, then there is nothing to fear. Nothing. Well, I'm, bad. I'm having health issues. You have Jesus, you have nothing to fear. I'm battling in my finances. Do you have Jesus? You have nothing to fear. I'm always alone. Do you have Jesus? There's nothing to fear. I can't find a job. Do you have Jesus? There's nothing to fear. I'm struggling in the school. Do you have Jesus? You have nothing to fear. Whatever the struggles that causes you to fear, the Bible says 365 times, do not fear. 
the year has 365 days. So every day that you wake up is a new day, a new day of purpose. It's a brand new day. Yesterday is in the past. This day is new. Whatever happens tomorrow is in God's plan. So don't worry about it. Don't fear. Don't worry. I remember when I would always struggle with the whole financial thing. I was never good in finance. I learned a lot. One thing that I learned was if God gave me what I need today, then I need to be thankful and not to worry about tomorrow. I remember when I used to say, you know what? I'm so struggling. I only have for today. I'm not going to get paid till next week. The whole whining thing, you know, I don't have. But then again, give us today our daily bread. Give us today. If I wake up tomorrow here on earth, his provisions will be manifested in my life and in your life as well. Don't fear. Don't worry. Because the one who breathed life in you will carry you through in all the specifics in your life. And I want to open the altar and what I would, I want this to sink in. When you come, just get ready to be prayed for. Just get ready. This is going to be a new day for you, a day of transformation in your life. So when you come to the altar, this is where you're going to drop your fears and let God's love take control. Let us pray. Father, you are a good God. You are a good God, and I thank you for your love, and I thank you for your faithfulness. In just a few seconds, God, gonna be, there's going to be people coming to the altar, and when they come to the altar, it's because they need you. They need you. And I know, God, that you spoke to the lives of your people today. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray for transformation, that you, that you transform our fears and change them into dance, into peace, into joy. Let us not be deceived by the lies of the enemy. Let us live in your truth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church, the altar is open. If you need to come for prayer, this is the time.